Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson, your host, here with you. And on tonight's show, we are going to talk about... Aaron and I are going to discuss some people, some wrestlers that we think are overrated. Top 10 overrated wrestlers here tonight on the show. It's going to be fun. It's going to be... We'll probably have some debate there, I'm assuming. But, um... Stay tuned for those lists, because I think it's really going to be a fun show. Before we get started, once again this week, have to talk about our friends at The Era and The Asylum. Two great Facebook groups, especially for collectors, for wrestling fans. Um, like we have discussed on the show before, these are not just wrestling groups on Facebook. These are communities, um, people that uh, not only share a similar hobby, but also share, you know, just humanity. And it's a great thing. The Era, of course, with uh, my friend Archie Mitchell, Pat Massanetti, Dave Duncan, and uh, Petey Gleason. Um, the Asylum with David Gold, John Majewski, Nick Francis. Great guys. And uh, again, if you if you enjoy collecting... Oh, I got... Uh, yeah. I guarantee you... I guarantee you... That, sorry, guys, I've got... Uh, I thought I had SmackDown on mute there as I was recording, because right now Baron Corbin's on. He can suck my balls. I hate that guy. Um, but anyway, he butted into the show there. Um, uh, well, back to what I was saying. Um, the Asylum, the Era. Actually, tonight, the Era, uh, Archie gave away an, an a graded 80 Dusty Rhodes Hasbro. And the person that won it put $10 into a raffle. 10 bucks, And that guy's going to get a figure that's probably worth $1,000. And uh, like I said, it's not just about the raffles, though. It's not just about the the the, the, the figures. The, you know, it, it is about that, but it's not just about that. Um, I've actually gained friends in these groups. People that uh, I don't know them in person, but I know them on the internet. And it sounds weird, but it's true. You know, you... You have the same passion for something. You start to get to know people as people. So join those groups. Join the Asylum. Join the Era. Look them up on Facebook. Give it a chance. You don't have to play in any raffles. Nobody expects you to do anything like that. Nobody expects you to buy anything from anybody else. Sometimes we just bullshit about wrestling. Sometimes we just bullshit about life. But get on board with those two Facebook groups. And now that I've had my technical error with... That douchebox, Baron Corbin. I'm going to bring Aaron in here, and we're going to start this edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast right now. (laughs) 
Wrestle Podcast. Nate and Aaron here with you. This show is going to be discussing wrestlers that we think are overrated. That's going to be our top ten this week. This show's not overrated, though. This show's underrated. And um, I want to let everybody know that's listening right now, if you have not yet, please do join our Facebook group. Um, we, uh, we are out there in the Facebooks and uh, haven't been uh, put in Facebook jail by Zuckerberg yet, so I think we're doing all right. Um, you can interact with the show. You can post. I, I don't, um, on, the, on this Facebook group, I don't I don't put things up for approval or whatever. You can post whatever you want to post. I don't care. But do join our Facebook group and um, and and participate. Interact with the show. Like I said, it's it's kind of an extension of the show. Aaron, how's it going out there in oh, lovely wrestling land? It's doing good. Have you watched any of the modern product this week? Uh, not this week. I watched NW. I'm a little behind on NWA, but I watched NWA. Uh, the last current, like, up-to-date thing I watched was I watched that Full Gear pay-per-view. Okay. What did you think of that show? I have my opinions on it. Um, but what did it you was th- like did you any think? other wrestling show nowadays. Just things I liked on it, things I didn't like on it, and things that were just there for me. Kind of the same here. I enjoyed the Pack Page match. I'm kind of a mark for those two guys, though. Yeah. And Jericho, Jericho and Cody had a really good, um, a really good match. Something you and I were discussing, um, and I wanted to bring it up on the show because it was, it was one of the things that that I think think has been silly in AEW since it started. It was the MJF turn. It didn't, it didn't do for me what it should have. In that, I thought he was miscast from the beginning. You know, like, the guy's a heel, and you've kind of well, cast him as a ba- I don't know. And I know AEW's, we don't have baby faces and heels. Well, then you don't have wrestlers. I don't know. I just... But I'm no, gonna- that show, that what... Okay. For one, I've watched all their episodes that I'm aware of, and has MJF had, a like, a match? Mm, no. Okay. And I don't think he's cut a promo until he turned, for the most part. Okay. No, he did. The, he cut a promo the first week, and it, okay. was, and it was a heel promo on the crowd. Okay. I get it, but what they did, and it could have been a really cool story that this guy's a massive prick, except with Cody. Because mm. everybody, I have, I have like one or two friends that nobody else likes in real life. <laughs> I like that guy, you know. Yeah. In some in some people's circles, they'd probably say I'm that guy. I hate to, I hate to say it because I know we always talk about what a shitty, stupid storyline it was, but it's kind of like it's like Luger in WCW, yeah. like Sting liked I, Luger, and everybody else hated Luger. <laughs> yeah. And see, they could have played that out not as long as that did, but that should have played out for a year or six six months to a year. Like they should have been tag team champions together, mm. and and had this this bond, and told you why they were. But be- nobody even ever said why they were. I don't know why they were best friends. Right. You know what I mean? Well, that's something AEW does though. That until they got I to have... AEW, until they got to AEW, I never even heard anybody mention MJF and Cody Rhodes in the same fucking sentence. Right. Why are they best friends? That's something they do that. 
Uh, and I'm not trying to make this a shit on AEW segment, but that's something else they do that bothers me. And I understand that they had to hit the ground running with a TV show. I get it, you know. But one of the things that bothers me is they they book they they book their show to to they book their national television show to people that watched all these guys in the indies before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they, you and I know who who SCU is and what they're about. You and I know what the Lucha Brothers are and what they're about. You and I know uh, the indie history between Cody and the Bucks or in Japan or whatever. But you're throwing this thing on network television and not explaining anything to anybody. So your average wrestling fan, your WWE guy that takes his kids to a WWE, how are you going to convert that guy? to watch AEW when he's never, he doesn't know anything about, you know, he's just a casual guy that watches wrestling on TV and goes to a house show once a year with his kids. You're not, you're not letting that person into this world. You know what I mean? You're not opening up that door and saying, this is the story. This is, this is this guy's background. I mean, I wouldn't even be mad if they spent a lot of time on their TV show showing story like that. Because instead, I get matches that are 22 minutes long that should be 6 minutes long. Use that time to tell me a story. Use that time to tell me some background on these guys. Yeah. And like I said, I wasn't trying to make this a shit on AEW thing. I just... Um, I'm not going to shit on AEW because they're not as bad as people make them out to be. No, they're not. They're... I... Okay. They're, they're a presentable program and... Um, if there's ten things on the show, there's probably seven things that I like. I, I, yeah, and I, I mean, I honestly, as far as what I view right now, what what I enjoy watching right now, I would say AEW's probably like, probably fourth on the list. Like, I like NXT. That's my number one. NWA, MLW, AEW, Raw, then SmackDown. I don't bother with ROH anymore. Um, I, I don't, I haven't watched impact in a decade, <laughs> so that's not on my radar. So, but yeah, I mean, I would, I would put AEW at this point uh, over raw. Um, but other, th- those other three NWA, MLW and NXT are my, I have to watch them. AEW is, I'm probably going to watch it, but I'm probably going to fast forward through some of it because some of the matches are so long. Like that's one of the things that these, these Basement dwellers complain about WWE all the time. God, he's got these long 25-minute matches in the middle of the show. But then you go to the AEW show and every match is 20. That's my biggest problem with AEW is its fans, I think, because they're hypocrites. Well, I don't give a shit about fans. There are a lot of things that WWE does. If they did it, or the AEW AEW does, if WWE did it, that they would shit on it, is all I'm saying. I I don't care about... I don't care about fans, other fans. I mean, I'm going to like what I like, and if they want to boo or cheer or whatever, fuck them, you know? Yeah. I like what I like. So, yeah, like like I said, if that pay-per-view... I and it's just like that main event of that pay-per-view or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, it wasn't bad. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, that wasn't bad. 
didn't care for it, but I'm not going to bitch about it because it's it, it is someone's cup of tea. You know what I mean? I didn't I didn't really think it was. I don't know. I didn't I didn't like it, but I didn't. I I could I could have easily okay. Then this is the thing. I didn't buy the pay per view anyway. I, I fucking boosted it on the internet. I could have easily just not watched the match. You know, and it's like you said. I'm gonna you're gonna like something. I'm not gonna like it. Who cares? You know. I I mean it's my podcast. I'm gonna give my opinion if I want to, and you're free to do the same. But I I wasn't a fan of the match. I thought that the pay per view was fine at the end of Cody and and Jericho, and. I didn't. I didn't care for it. I think I thought. I thought personally, a lot of it was um, either stagey or stupid. Um, I, I didn't like John Moxley before WWE. It took a while for me to warm up to him in WWE because I don't like CZW, and I didn't like him then. I know you did. Not necessarily CZW, but you know what I'm saying. You were a fan of him before WWE. I was not. I guess I'm. I guess I'm an Ambrose fan when he's in the WWE because I haven't really been impressed with him in AEW. But I don't know. I never thought he was a great promo. I thought he had good matches, and I thought that this match was. I don't know. It was just so, like that. That barbed wire mattress thing was stupid. Okay, so that thing's just laying around. You know, well, I don't know what the fuck. I don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, okay, so yeah, but, but when you look into the scheme of things, I mean, I can believe that somebody brought a bag of glass and earlier in the day put it under the ring. I can forgive that, or I can believe that you know somebody brought a bag. Of, Mick Foley brought a bag of thumbtacks with him. Or I can believe that there happened to be a sledgehammer under the ring. Because, you know, maybe it takes a sledgehammer to help put the ring together. But I can't believe that fucking barbed wire mattress thing was just sitting around the arena. You know what I mean? Like, okay. That that just stretched it a little bit. Um, I, I thought the glass thing was silly. And the reason that was, like, they, it was, a lot of the barbed wire stuff was stagey because they were, there was no more blood after the barbed wire than there was before the barbed wire. If you're going to do barbed wire, make me fucking believe it, is all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, it wasn't anything more atrocious or offensive or anything than anything anybody else has ever done. No, no. Um, less believable, but not atrocious or, you know, offensive. And like I said, I could have easily just not watched it, but... I watched it like you watch a train wreck. I wanted to see what was going to happen. So and plus, guess, you know, it's like, oh, the guy went through some, this barbed wire thing that wasn't supposed. That how is it there? Well, you know, this other guy one time he got buried alive, but but, but he, he but came back. The and, stipulation and, of the match was I know, but no, no, he got buried alive, alive and the, but but he he stuck his hand out. Well, I mean, first he created a lightning bolt, and then he stuck his hand out. But that's the Undertaker, goddammit. <laughs> I know what I'm saying, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know. I see what you're saying. I know. But I'm just, you know, I just... I don't. We, we were talking about the match, and that was my feeling on the match. <laughs> but, I'm just saying, yeah. I think people get too hung up in the what's believable and what's not when it's like none of it's believable anymore. Right. Um. Um, the, 
you, I, I, this is something I've wanted to talk to you about for a few weeks, and I keep forgetting to bring it up on the show. And the reason I'm saying this, listeners, is, and I know we're jumping around here, but whatever. This Aaron is a huge fan of Rusev. Am I wrong, my brother? No. Aaron loves Rusev, and I do too. I, I'm not as, I'm not like a mega fan like Aaron is, but I like some Rusev too. All right. So that's why I want to ask you this question: What do you think? Of the Rusev Lana Lashley deal, it's just for some reason Vince McMahon always wants to have have the hottest chick on the show. Emasculate her boyfriend. Yes, and and it's it's, it's stupid. Did you see Raw this week yet? No. Watched it. Okay. Why, why would I do that? <laughs> uh, there. Well, don't because their their segment was a train wreck, and I think that I think that honestly, this storyline is uh, hurting their careers. Yeah. I, it, it's funny because when it first started, like the first, the probably the first week or two that they did this storyline. I was almost okay with it. I was almost on board with it because I was like, well, at least in the current wrestling scene where I, you know, because I sit here every single week and complain about how sanitized WWE is. I was like, well, this is a little dirty, you know, I'm, I'm okay with this. This is like, could this be like, and not the same thing, but could this be like, um, um, the Lori Fullington kind of thing, you know, like some down and dirty kind of shit. Um. Which, in in a three-hour wrestling show, I'm okay with 20 minutes of that each week. That's okay. But then it's just gotten so off the rails and stupid that... And I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's a matter of Paul Heyman comes up with an idea and then Vince's writers fuck it up. I don't know. But, yeah, I just wanted to get, I wanted to get your opinion on it because I know you're a fan of Rusev. And the problem is that... People like Lana and Rusev when they're together. Yeah. That's a package deal, and who wants to boo Lana? Mm-hmm. Like what? Who, who's going to boo when Lana comes out? <laughs> well, this week I would have booed her because the problem was this week she got to, to talk too much. Um, and that you know, I know you said you haven't seen the segment, but that was one of the problems with it. Is she is she is a a character that. In in small doses, her talking is fun because it's funny, or it's you know, or it elicits an emotion or something like that. But they let her talk way too long, and she was very exposed this week, as far as her promo talent and everything goes. So, um, so there's that. Um, NWA, I think, is on on a roll. Um, I haven't this week's show was eh, it was it wasn't it wasn't as good as the first five. But I mean, I'm I'm willing to say you know four out of five ain't bad, um, and I am definitely actually looking forward to their pay per view. So yeah. um, I think that show is is that shows appointment viewing for me each week now. Uh, perfect time, you know, an hour long wrestling show. Lord have mercy, when would we since when have we had one of those? Um, real promos, um, corny on commentary. I mean, I'm just in hog heaven when I watch NWA. Yeah. Um, 
What do you think about the Jim Cornette thing? Where he had to, the thing with Court Bauer? Or not Court no. Bauer, but uh, Dave Lagana? No. Oh, I thought you meant where he had, where he, they had to do the, the whole apology thing and blah, 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 because of what he said about. So what are you talking, which one are you talking well, about? Well, I, I meant about Justin Roberts. Oh, how, how he said Justin Roberts like a pedophile? Yeah, and people are losing their shit. I don't know. You know what? That's that's. So he said. He said, and then they I showed would... Justin Roberts, and he said he's anywhere near children. He looks like he should be registered. <laughs> and I laughed because it's funny. Fuck, it's funny. I laughed too, and Brian Lass is like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Brian Lass knew at that very moment the shit's yes. about to hit the fan. Jesus Christ. Now, that next week on NWA, they're going to be like, Jim Cornette has assured us he does not think Justin Roberts is a pedophile. Yeah, and it's like... <laughs> and he didn't say he was one. No, he, he said he looked, looked like one. Like one. <laughs> I think it's... I, I don't know. I think it's silly, because... What did Dave Lagana make? Like, what's that thing? Um, That was... Oh, crap. Um, there was something Cornette said on his podcast, and Lagana called him about it because there was controversy about it. And, um, oh, it was, uh, he said that, um, who was it? There was one of the guys that he hates, and he said his whole thing about, like, um, boil them in oil and, you know, use the, whatever. Sell his fat for soap? Yeah, sell his fat for soap or whatever. He he made some comment. I can't remember which guy. Maybe it was Omega. I don't know. It probably was Omega as much as he hates him. But he made a comment about this person and some and people on Twitter started taking it as Cornette was making light of suicide. So then, yeah. Lagana called that. What's that? I heard him talk about that. Okay, yeah. So Lagana made like like made Cornette tell him I won't ever make jokes or light of suicide again. And then the NWA released a statement saying Jim Cornette has assured us that blah blah blah. It's fucking 2019, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Just like I got Disney Plus, and on Disney Plus now. When I turn on something that's like from the 50s or whatever, there's actually a warning that says this show has um, um, alludes to stereotypes or whatever that are no longer the norm. You don't need to do that. We know. <laughs> you know what I mean? We know that. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I don't know. Being offended by something that was recorded 70 years ago being offended by something and you choose to be offended i don't know i don't, I don't we're getting off wrestling here but to me you choose to be offended that that's your choice if somebody calls me a motherfucker you know what i don't care i work fucking retail management i get motherfuckered five times a week yeah. I'm, not, I'm not offended i don't care what you think about me this, this this go ahead sorry it's Somebody could call me stupid fucking hillbilly homo cracker. And you know what? I'm going to laugh. I'm going to be like, hillbilly homo cracker, that's funny. 
You know why? That's a lot of different things. Well, yes. I, well, I'm just saying, you know why? Because I don't give a fuck. I don't care what you think about me anyway. So <laughs> I, I don't care. Why Why do people choose to be offended by fucking everything? That's why, that's why there's no good comedy movies anymore. Yeah. You couldn't make Blazing Saddles today. I was just thinking, it, though, it, you know, it, it's it, funny. Blazing Saddles would get run off the fucking rails. It never even hit the fucking shelf. You know what I mean? Yep. Or the stream. <laughs> I was thinking about something. Like, like when things would come out, if it was, like, offensive at, at the start, you know? Mm-hmm. And you know what I think would be, like, like, in our modern era, or not modern era, but, like, the the olden times of our country and stuff. You know what I think? Like one of the first, like that song is, 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 is offensive and, and terrible to the ears. And I can't believe they would say that. You know what I think it is? Eddie Kettner making Whoopi. (laughs) I think the first time, like some old person heard that song, like on a phonograph or whatever, they were like, what? Making Whoopi. Yeah. (laughs) the dash. What did he just say? <laughs> whoopee. Whoopee. He just said whoopee. <laughs> Elder May threw away that record album. I will smash it to bits. And his kid was like, no, daddy, I like the making whoopee. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that word. Like, here's the, here's the line. Like, one of the like lines. Like at first he's like talking about like marriage and stuff. It sounds all, it sounds all nice, and he's like another broom, another gra- another another bride, another groom, another sunny honeymoon. That sounds nice, you know. And I'm just thinking about like this guy, this this parent listening to the song, another season, another reason for making whoopee. He's like, what? The sort, the chorus sings. Here comes the bride. Another victim is by her side, which implies she's been married more than once. <laughs> the song is insane. He's lost his reason, cause it's the season for making whoopee. <laughs> and I love how he sings it in like the innuendo voice. Yeah, like you, like uh, down through callous ages. You'll find it everywhere. Someone makes good wages. Somebody wants her wants her share. It's like this lady, this chick is like setting this guy up. <laughs> she calls him Toodles and rolls her eyes. She makes him strudels and bakes him pies. That's about vaginas. <laughs> I don't care what anybody wants to say. What's it all for? So he'll fall for making whoopee. <laughs> Another year, or maybe less. What's this I hear? Well, can't you guess? She feels neglected. So he's suspected of making whoopee. Now he's cheating on her. She eats alone every night. She doesn't. He doesn't phone or even write. He says he's busy. But is she? But she says, is he? He's making whoopee. That motherfuckers yeah. make a whoopee. <laughs> yeah, he's cheating. He doesn't make he doesn't make much money. Five thousand per. The judge who thinks he's funny says you'll pay six for her. Now they're divorced and he's paying alimony. 
He says, now judge, suppose I fail. The judge says, um, brudge, right on to, right into jail. That's some old term I don't know. So he better keep her. You'll find it cheaper than making Whoopi. <laughs> and then the making Whoopi song. This is how this is how society goes, folks. You see the innuendo in that song, right? From what, like the thirties? It's like from thirty something, thirty three or something, probably like the twenties. Okay, so you get to that, and then you you fast forward to the two thousands, and we don't even we don't even use the innuendo anymore. Hey, it's in two. Well, no, I was just about to say. Now, we're, now we're just like from the window. To the wall, ski ski right up my balls. All these bitches crawl. We don't even fuck around with a mega whoopee anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. You talked about that. Okay, one of my favorite TV shows, and I probably mentioned it on the show before, maybe when we did our top uh, comedy shows. One of my favorite TV shows is not get enough love at all is Freaks and Geeks. All right. Have you ever seen Freaks and Geeks? Yeah. Okay, that show's great. But you talking about that Whoopi song makes me think of one of my favorite scenes in that. And it's when the mom and dad in that show get a hold of the kids' Who album. And they're listening to the Who singing Mama's Got a Squeeze Box. And they realize what it's about? No, they don't realize what it's about. So they think it's an accordion. So, like, the kids are, like, watching their parents loving this song about an accordion. (laughs) Not realizing it's about a vagina. Well, I know you don't like, um, you weren't a big fan of Arrested Development with Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't like the show, I just, honestly, I've just never put the time in to watch it. If I put the time in to watch it, I might really like it. It's, 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 um, I've said this and I've said this about any time anybody get like, anytime this guy's in something that's good, I always end it with this sentence. Tambor? No, oh. no. It's a really good show, except for when David Cross is on. <laughs> like, when David Cross is on, I'm like, ugh, you suck. Yeah, I don't like Cross either. I like I like Odenkirk, but I don't like Cross. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like I'm a, I've, I've said this so many times. I'm a really fan of, big fan of Bob Odenkirk, unless he's with David Cross. <laughs> David Cross has only said one joke that made me laugh, and I'm not repeating it on this podcast <laughs> because it's super offensive. <laughs> <laughs> making whoopee. <laughs> it's worse than making whoopee. It's pretty bad. But it's like the only joke he's ever said that I was like, that's a phenomenally great, horrible joke. <laughs> Other than that, I want nothing to do with the guy. But on the show, um, it's all about like the Bluth family or whatever. Well, Jason Bateman's character is singing karaoke with his niece. Mm-hmm. Niece's name's Maybe. But they're singing this song, and about halfway into it, they realize what it's about, but they realize they've been, they can't just stop in the middle of the song, you know, because they're in front of people. And they thought it was just a cute song, and it's they're singing Afternoon Delight together. <laughs> Yeah. 
But you should watch that show, man. It's it's a multifaceted, insane, weird show. And like Jason Bluth is gonna like like go into like some kind of litigation thing. I can't remember exactly what it is, but his legal team is like his A team is like Carl Weathers and like <laughs> it's like what the <laughs> fuck is going on? It's an insane show. <laughs> and, and um um Charlize Theron's on it, mm-hmm. okay, and Michael Bluth falls in love with her, and he thinks she's, like, just, like, a, a quirky British chick, but it turns out she's not, like, quirky and British, she's, like, mentally challenged. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> and and his dad is, like, Jeffrey Tambor's character is, like, the shadiest of shadies, you know? But Jeffrey Tambor, to me, is gold like that guy's good in everything so. yeah but he's like he's like made all this money but he's done it through shady means you know mm. and he's in prison and like michael keeps going and seeing him and he's like telling him like dad we're so hard for up for money and and like i don't know what to do and and all this other stuff you know and he keeps telling him, he's like there's always money in the banana stand and then like they flash back to like michael bluth having to work in this banana stand and it was a chocolate-covered banana stand, and he hated it because he had to work there all summer on the beach while other kids were playing in, in the sun and swimming and everything, you know? Yeah. He would have to work in the banana stand. And his dad always told him, son, keep this thing operating. There's always money in the banana stand. Well, then he was make, making his son work there, and then he thought, I'm just as bad as my dad, you know? Because he saw that his son hated working at the banana stand. So guess what they do? They set the banana stand on fire. But there was so, actual money. In the there machine. was actual money in the banana stand, like lined in the walls, <laughs> like millions of dollars. <laughs> oh, all right. Good stuff. Good well, stuff. I think we're gonna take a break. The host has to okay. pee. And when we return, we are gonna. We're going to slam some names in professional wrestling here because we're going to call them overrated. And I want to say this for the record. <clears throat> just because I just left the name off the list because I've spent plenty of time on him in this podcast. For the intents and purposes of this list, I didn't put Ron Garvin on it. Okay. Fucker's I'm over- also going to... Fucker's I'm overrated, fu- but I didn't put him on it. I've, 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 I've said my piece on Ron Garvin enough on this show. I'm going to preface this, too, by saying that just because they're on my list doesn't mean I don't like them. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. That, that, that doesn't mean there isn't something about them you don't like. You just think they're overrated. Yes. Like, he's not on my list. I didn't, like, didn't put him on my list. But, like, Sting is an entertaining character. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's flashy and he's exciting and with his promos and his look and all that other stuff. But I've seen that guy have some stinker matches. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yes. And there's a couple people on my list that are like that on the list that I have here listed. So this list that I have here listed, I just said yeah. that. So anyway, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with more of the We Can't Wrestle podcast top 10 time up next. Thank you. 
All right, wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Oh, and that Cody Rhodes promo. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing that's been done on it. I know people can say what they want to say about like the the uh, concession stand brawl and stuff, but his promo is the best. Like in a short infancy or whatever, that's the highlight of AEW. I agree. That was it. Was a stellar promo. Probably the best like real wrestling promo done in the past five years, honestly. And um, stupid dick should be a t-shirt. <laughs> and it's funny because you you went back to the. Con- I, I have a uh, I have an observation too that I was going to make. We we were talking about the modern product, then we got on the movies and stuff, and that's fine. But I was going to tell everybody. Uh, I don't know how many of you have have really watched him yet. Um, I was a huge mark back in the nineties for uh, Hector Garza. And his nephew, Angel Garza, in NXT, to me, that dude is money. Angel Garza is fucking amazing in the ring. So, just saying that. And then the other thing I was going to bring up during the opening segment that we got off track, and I didn't. Last week, we did an episode about Bash at the Beach 2000. Which I named BS at the Beach 2000. And it was a terrible pay-per-view. It was a terrible pay-per-view. We had a lot of discussion about WCW 2000 and how bad it was under Russo. But there was... Uh, I'm, I'm watching 2000 right now, so I'm putting myself through those Nitros from 2000 at the moment. And I'm telling you, there is an episode of Nitro, Aaron, and I actually... this is You know how, like, Russo, his booking... You know how once in a while in his booking there's something where you actually are entertained by it? Like, yeah. it is fun. You know, like, like not everything the guy ever did was hot garbage, you know? Yeah. He, he would have been, Russo's best place would have been to book mid-card, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, he shouldn't have been booking main events. But to yeah. book 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 the mid middle of the show stuff that might make you laugh or make you smile or make you cringe, he was good for that stuff. But anyway... Um, there's a, there's a storyline that they did where, uh, everybody probably remembers it. Who, who's Stacy Keebler's baby daddy, right? Yeah. There is an episode of Nitro where David Flair, <laughs> David Flair gets this videotape from M.I. Smooth, okay? <laughs> and Smooth tells him that's going to tell him who the baby daddy is or whatever. So he's going around the arena trying to get people to play this tape, okay? <laughs> and he goes to the 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 he goes somewhere, I forget what it or he go he talks to somebody in the back and asks where the video room is and they tell him. Like they give him the information he wants, right? So they yeah. turn they turn around and he hits him with a crowbar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this starts the trend. So then he <laughs> Everybody he encounters, he's beating with a crowbar. Yes, he hits the, so he and then he, he encounters Jimmy Hart, and Jimmy Hart's like, "Just take it to the video truck, baby." And he's like, "Thanks, Jimmy." And then Jimmy turns around, and he hits him with a crowbar. <laughs> so so then he goes to the video truck, and the video truck guys like, I don't know, they're just having a conversation. You don't even hear what they're talking about, and they and David Flair's like, "Play the tape," and then the guy turns around, and David. Hits him with the crowbar. <laughs> like, it's just it's fucking stupid, but it's so funny. Like, you know, I don't know if he ever does get the tape played. <laughs> he 
<laughs> just hitting everybody with the crowbar. But anyway, it, it made me laugh. So I had to give a little bit of credit to Vinnie Rue here. And not everything the guy ever did was absolutely terrible. He just should not have had... He should not he have had... Control. Yeah, he shouldn't have, have had complete control. He shouldn't have had the book. He should have been a part of a committee. Um, and that that's that. So, anyway... Now we will roll on. It's top ten time here in the uh, We Can't Wrestle world. We're going to talk about guys that we think, guys and gals, we think are overrated. I don't have this list in any numerical order because, like Aaron said, these aren't necessarily people we hate. These aren't like, these are the wrestlers I hate the most. These are just wrestlers that I think are, are overrated. And I will talk about their good points um, as well as their bad points. And I'll let you start with uh, your first one, Aaron. My first one is Angel Garza. <laughs> it's not really Angel Garza. Yeah, I figured that out. Um, it would be... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the Dudley Boys. I can see what... Yep, I see what you're saying there. I, I don't have them on my list, but they would... Like, if I had a 20, they would definitely be in the 20. Um, the Dudleys... The Dudleys fell into success. Not yeah. not that they're not talented, but they came along at a time where it, there was a war going on. The big two were raiding talent from ECW, so they got into the WWF, and then the invasion happened, so they won all these tag team titles. And, yeah, I mean... That, that they they lucked into an era that improved their legacy more than if they would have come along in the eighties or even today. Yeah, and you didn't have to be you didn't have to go out there and have like you know a big epic match to get over and and <clears throat> a lot of times like I don't know if it makes sense, but I say like the the this guy wrestles in sound bites, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like. The the death drop and the ball thing and 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 it, I just and I think Bubba Dudley, excuse me, falls into this like the same category as and it's not the same category athletics wise athletic wise or achievement in the business wise, but I think he's in the same group as Mick Foley and Bret Hart, he, where he's his own biggest fan. Yeah. And and also the Dudleys, I will liken them to. Um, it's going to sound it, it, at first when I first say it, some people might turn their head like. Ooh. I will liken them to Lex Luger. In that, the Dudley Boys were really good when they had the right dance partner. Yeah. You know they. You put them in there with the Hardys and Edge and Christian. Well, fuck. That's that's you know nobody can deny. How, you know, when those three teams got together, there was magic. If there's somebody that doesn't like those matches, they don't like wrestling. But you put them in there with, and and this is no knock to those guys, because they just weren't the right dance partners. But you put the Dudleys in with the APA, or you put the Dudleys in with the Outlaws, and it's not that magic, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I can totally see the Dudleys as, as being overrated in that respect. 
and I'm actually a bigger fan of Devon than I am of Bubba. So, God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> so the first guy on my list here is um, some, some 80s wrestling fans, late 70s, 80s wrestling fans might think this is sacrilegious, but I really do think this guy is a bit overrated, and it's Big John Studd. Big John Studd is is way overrated. Big John Studd has Big John Studd. I think he has he he has an iconic image. You know what I mean? Like he he's part of that early '80s WWF iconic image. But I've never seen anything from Studd that really got me going. Damn, I really like Big John Studd. I don't know. Just, I hate Big John Studd. Oh damn! I we are brothers, and I never knew you hated Big John Studd. Does absolutely nothing for me. Nothing. He's a, he's a, he's a bad promo. <laughs> Good thing. Bad that promo. He's boring. And guess what? I'm gonna go out on. A, I'm gonna go out. And I'm gonna say something. You know what I'm gonna say? What's that? It's the only time that I didn't give a shit about Bobby Heenan. <laughs> like I want to be like Bobby Heenan. Why are you with this guy? He's good, devoid of talent and charisma. It's good for nothing, Big John Stud. Good for nothing, Big John Stud. Yeah, his butt. You're he better than this, Bobby. He ain't never You're beat on, he ain't never beat Andre. He ain't never beat Hogan. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't see it with Stud. Like, just I've never seen a good Stud promo. Um, I don't know if I've ever I don't know if I've ever seen a good stud match. Like no. you know, like the only the most intriguing Big John Stud match I've ever seen is on the Hulk Hogan anthology DVD. There's a match with Hogan and Stud in Puerto Rico and there's a fucking downpour during the match. So like the mat is like soaked and they're like slipping around and shit and then eventually they just Hogan just I like, thought there was Andre. No, that's with Hogan. Oh. Yeah, it's it's with Hogan, because um, it's on that. Like I said, it's on that Hogan anthology DVD. But yeah, that's that's the most intriguing stud thing I've ever had. It took a natural disaster for stud to have an intriguing match. <laughs> I would pretend his LJN doll was somebody else. <laughs> this ain't Big John Stud. This is Doctor D. David Schultz. Yeah, this is Doctor D. David Schultz. <laughs> All right, so we're in in agreement on Big John Stud. Yeah. Who's next on your list? The next guy on my list is let's go with Billy Gunn. Yeah. Billy Gunn is that to me Billy Gunn is the uh like man, they tried so many times with that cat. Yeah. <laughs> like they really did. You can, Billy Gunn can never say Vince McMahon did him wrong. Cause Vince but he tried to. <laughs> he tried to say. Yeah, he did. And fuck him for it. Because Vince McMahon tried multiple times to get that guy over. And there's guys there's guys that will be on this list that you'll be like, oh, man, this guy was super overrated. But, like, you know, he cut a really good promo. Or he was he didn't cut a good promo. Whenever he was in a tag team, he was... He was like the lesser of the team, mm-hmm. and any tried any time they tried to do something with him as a singles wrestler, it was just a fucking goddamn shart in church, <laughs> like worse than a fart, just a shart. Let's talk about SummerSlam '99, him and Rock, like yeah, 
when does The Rock have something going on that's un- unentertaining? You know what I mean? Like, damn. <laughs> how are you gonna like, how are you gonna pull down The Rock? <laughs> he's like the second worst King of the Ring of all time. It just yeah. His promos always bother me too because he 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 puts inflection on words that shouldn't be have inflection on. I don't know if that makes sense, but Billy, yeah. Billy Gunn's that guy that like. Instead of saying, I'm here at Madison Square Garden, Billy Gunn's going to be like, I'm, a he- I'm here at Madison Square Garden. Like, he puts the inflection on the wrong word, and, yeah, he w- he benefited from being surrounded by a very talented people in DX. I'll give him that. And, um, and Bart- yeah, you're saying that, oh, Lex Luger, when he's in there with somebody good, has great matches. Billy brings him down. Yes. I'm not saying the guy didn't look like a million bucks. I'm not saying the guy's probably not a bad trainer, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I look back at it and I'm like, Billy Gunn was just where he was at because of what he looked like. And he was always with somebody that was better than him. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. In the ring, we just talked about him bringing the match down. Billy Gunn wasn't even in the ring. He wasn't a terrible hand like a Val Venus or somebody like that. But he should not have been in main event matches. He brought main event matches down. Yep. So, yeah, we're in agreement there. This one, the next one we are not going to agree on. I guarantee we're not going to agree on. And again, like we said, I just, I don't want to start any shit, listeners. This is not, I don't dislike this guy. I just think he's overrated. And this is a modern wrestler. And I say Finn Balor. Is overrated. I mean, I don't think he is. I think that I, you know, it's it's funny because I and I, I honestly, I I gotta say, I don't watch a ton of Japanese wrestling. I, I catch it when I hear something's really good or what have you. So, to be honest with everybody here, I didn't see a lot of Prince Devitt. Okay, I saw some, but I didn't see a lot. Um, and so I've most of what I've seen of this guy's career has been his WWE career, his NXT career. And I'm not saying he hasn't had really good matches because he has. Again, this isn't hating on him. He's just overrated. He is a really good wrestler, not a great wrestler. I don't think he's a great promo. Um, I, I dig the demon thing. I, I just he does not he does not click with me. And that's why I say overrated for me personally, because I see what everybody says about him, and I see how how much praise he gets. But when I watch him, I don't hate him, but it doesn't click. You know, it doesn't grab me. He doesn't grab me. So to me, he's overrated. I just... I don't think the guy does anything different than what... I I, I don't know. I, I enjoy him. And I, I don't, ah, I'm talking, I'm stumbling over my words. I'm not even drunk. I just, I, I, he's one of the guys in the modern product that actually interests me and I'll watch. Yeah. That's, like a handful of them. that's why I said when I started talking about him, I said, you, you're definitely going to disagree because I know how much you like him. And, and again, I'm not hating on him. You know, I'm not, this isn't a hate thing with him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I guess I just don't see. 
as much as everybody else does. It's not that I see nothing in him at all. I mean, I, I totally acknowledge that he's a really good wrestler. And that's not, you know, that it's not, I'm not knocking his talent at all. I just, I don't see what everybody else sees, I guess. And this NXT heel run, maybe he'll change my mind. Because I've never, I've never really watched him as a heel. Because like I said, I didn't really watch him as Prince Debit in Japan. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, maybe as a heel it will click. Because I haven't, I haven't disliked what he's done in NXT so far since he's gone back. It's definitely the play, best place for him. Than the main roster, he he's a guy that definitely I think moved up by moving down. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, not really moved down anymore. Well, yeah, I know, but you know what I mean. Like he's he's not on you. He's not on uh, Raw or SmackDown anymore, which they regard as their top brands. So for them, it's a move down. But I think it's a move up for him um, because he 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 really in NXT he can be he can be a top four or five guy, whereas on the main rosters, he was not going to be that, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, I've, I've said my piece there, so we can go with your next one if you're ready, if you don't have anything else on Finn. Nope. Um, the next guy on my list is Juventud Guerrera. The Juice. Yes, the Juice is overrated. Make your case. <laughs> um, like he's, I mean, I just like out of all the luchadors that were in like WCW and stuff, even uh, he just didn't do it for me. And and like when he had the mask, it wasn't like there's a lot of the guys when they had the mask, they were cool. But then when they lost the mask, they kind of lost some of their mystique. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Either way, he just did it. Juventud Guerrero doesn't do it for me, and I don't. I, I would see better luchadors <clears throat> as I've been watching WCW. They could have done something with over him. I, I, and as you said that, that was exactly what I was going to say because I I agree with you in that. In that, I think back to then, and my thought back then was I always thought that where where Hoovy was placed in that company. Like, as far as, like, you know, you had Rey Mysterio as the top cruiserweight. We're moving, yeah. at this point, we're going to say we're moving Eddie out of the cruiserweights, you know, because they kind of moved Eddie into, like, the U.S. title, TV title, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. you, you got Ray Ray as your top cruiserweight, and then you got your Malenko and your Jericho, and then there's Hoovy. Okay, so he's, like, top four. You could you could throw Hoovy out of there, because I think that you should have had... You could have Ray on top with Dean and Jericho, and then the next level down for me was always Psychosis. Yeah, like I, I, I love me some Psychosis. I, and I'd say that you were just talking about him, like Hector Garza was better than Juventud Guerrera. Yeah, La Parca. Oh yeah, the man. better ten times better, and and he was a little different. They used him. La, La Parca always made me laugh. Aaron knows I, I've always been a big. Uh, Mark for Laparca. Laparca always made me laugh though because he was in the cruiserweight division, but he wasn't. There was no way he was a cruiserweight. Yeah. and he was so big. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, and, and they did use him differently because he was so big. Yeah, you know. But um, I think honestly, honestly, the main reason that, like, uh, in my opinion, an underrated in WCW luchador. Was Liz Mark Jr. I like Liz Mark. Mm-hmm. You know? Silver King. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Uh, but I think the reason that they used him was because he spoke English for what it, the the best English out of all of them, mm-hmm. and that's why he was one of the ones that was selected as being. And and, and I hated when he became that juice, oh, and yeah, that was he was like the the juicer weight champion. It, it, I want to make I want to make a huge apology here too as we were talking because I said I talked about the top cruiserweights in WCW in the 90s and I did not bring up Ultimo Dragon so my apologies. Yeah. <laughs> and, and but he was a little different too because they did use him in like the TV and whatnot but Yeah, he was I just, he, I, I think I think Uventud Guerrera Dajus is overrated. I I cannot disagree with that actually. So yes, we are in agreement there on on the juice. I'm trying to find when we're going to argue about. So I'm going to go to my next one and see if we argue about this one, because I know I'm going to get some shade on this one from some of our listeners and etc. Overrated, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, in the era that we would have been. Little tykes watching, I would say yes. Say, I've seen some stuff from back in the in the seventies where I would think that he was. I wouldn't consider him overrated. Um, Valentine in early eighties, like when he feuded with uh, Tito, they had fantastic matches. I I don't I don't know. Like I again, we talk about this all the time on the show, but Aaron and I are are guys that came up as kids in the 80s. So inherently, we are 80s, 90s wrestling fans. But as you get older and you, and you watch things from before you were born, and et cetera, et cetera, you go back, you watch, you know, I watch old shit from the 70s and the early 80s before I was a fan or, or mid-Atlantic that, I mean, quite frankly, we weren't even exposed to, you know. Um, I'm not... I used to hear guys talk about how good he was back then. And, and as I watch back on it, there's just, I don't, I don't see it. Like it, it, it was built up early. Greg Valentine was built up so much. And then I go back and I watch it and I'm like, I don't see it. I don't see it in the promo. Um, I don't. And, and again, again, this isn't a hate thing. This is overrated. This isn't, this guy fucking sucks, but I just, it do, he doesn't do it for me. Like his promo, yeah. his promos don't do it for me. He had some, and you're right. He had some really good matches. That that match with Piper at Starcade '83, you can't deny that's a great match. It is that dog collar match is fantastic. Where, like you said, his matches with Tito and 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 um, he even had a good he could have got a good match out of JYD at, at WrestleMania when JYD was kind of going downhill. Yeah, the stuff with Ronnie Garvin. So anyway, uh, or, you know, I mean, I'm sure the Rhythm and Blues stuff was better than anything with Garvin. But I don't know. I just don't see it with Valentine. So to me, I look at Valentine as overrated. And again, I don't hate Greg Valentine. Greg Valentine's cool. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm not hating here. I'm just, for me personally, he's overrated. I don't. I mean, I can see it. I I guess I would look at. This guy I didn't put him on my list, but like 
I almost think you're saying like he's a kind of like a like a Dory Funk Junior. Where the the era might have made what you liked. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like a guy that that uh, like our friend of the show Barry Rose. All right. Friend of the show Barry Rose would tell me Dory Funk, Jack Briscoe. That's the fucking shit right there. But I'm 10 years younger than him. So to me, I look at that and go, eh, that's a little boring. You know? Uh, yeah. Because as, as time goes on, shit gets faster. Yeah. You know, shit, shit gets, you know, things Better. speed up. And every Dory Funk promo is boring. <laughs> Those two brothers, man, is, are there any more, like, opposite, like... <laughs> Because no. I, I mean, I'm on board with everybody that Terry Funk's one of the greatest of all time. Terry Funk, I there is no. We're getting off topic. I don't give a shit. There isn't. I want somebody to name me a wrestler that over time evolved better than Terry Funk. That's why he's. That's why he's one of the greatest. Because Terry Funk wrestled in what, like five decades. And in every single one of those decades, he changed his personality. He changed his look just a little bit. And he fit in the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's amazing if you go back and watch his career at what a chameleon he was for the era that he was in. Because, um, you know, you look back at, like, 70s Terry Funk or even late 60s Terry Funk. It's a completely different guy, but it's the same guy. It's amazing. Yeah. What a what a fucking performer! Him and Lawler, <laughs> Lawler didn't even change anything. He just fit in when it <laughs> the pudgy, hairy guy with an attitude fits in, I guess, in any era. But oh, excuse me. There's my piece on Greg Valentine. All right, and I just figured I'd sneak in uh... Dory. Yeah, I snuck in Dory Funk. I'll admit it. <laughs> if you're listening, Barry Rose, we ain't hating. I don't like Dory Funk. Um, so is it my turn? Mm-hmm. All right, I'll go with my most modern era person, since you or persons, since you put uh, not since you put, but I'll just go with it. Um, it's and I've told you this before, so you know I'm not just like making shit up. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Jimmy and Jay the Usos. They do absolutely nothing for me. I was a fan of the early on Usos. Like, I was a fan of the Usos from when they first came in until they started doing the Uso penitentiary thing. And then after that, they lost me. I think they're really good in the ring. They, 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 they do, to me, they're like the Hardys where they do high spots that, that mean something. They're not spot monkeys. Uh, I just I don't I don't like their their ooh so and their stupid outfits and they don't do anything that makes me think oh my god these guys are the the best thing since sliced bread I think they're pretty generic they're pretty basic and I just I don't like them now one question I will lay out to you just just to play devil's advocate do you like them in the ring? I think they're 
they're there's a reason I'm asking this. So. They they're nothing. I would not put like if I was running a company, they wouldn't be my tag team champions. Okay. Well, and and so you just you kind of answered my question because my question, like to play devil's advocate, was going to be as wrestlers. If you threw them into a different era where booking wasn't so fucked up in fifty fifty, and they had a chance to be like on top, actually on top, and not in just this mix, because wrestling suffers now because guys get cycled in and out. If that makes sense, like they they get a push for three months and then they're not pushed for three months, and then they get a push for four months and then they're not. You know, you look. It seems like. In the past five years, the past five years of wrestling in WWE seems like 20 years of booking, if that makes sense. Um, but that that was going to be my question, was do you think that they would have been better off with better booking in a different era? So, And your, answer, your answer to me was kind of no. <laughs> yeah, they're a basic tag team. So, the next guy, the next guy on my list is um, a guy that, for all intents and purposes, has a lot of passion for the business. From everything that I understand, he's a great human being. Um, but the next one on my list, the overrated, is Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. I think Tommy Dreamer benefits from the name ECW. And you know what? <laughs> you know what's funny? You know who else would probably agree with you that Tommy Dreamer's overrated? Who's that? Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> he rode that ECW horse. I know, but he's also like one of the most like honest dudes about who and what he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's the, he's the poor opposite of like uh, what I was saying with like Foley, Bubba Dudley. And Foley and Hitman. And, yeah. yeah. And, and, and one of my favorite things I ever heard the guy say was he was on, remember when TNA would do those, like, spin cycle things or whatever? Yeah. And it was, like, one of the only cool things they did. Because mm-hmm. they would just let the wrestlers go on there and just shoot the shit and joke around and stuff. Yeah. I think it was Jay Lethal. Like, one of the questions they asked, one of the questions that was brought up to Tommy Dreamer and Jay Lethal read it to him. He was like, this person wants to know what it is you do here, Tommy? And Tommy's like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, I, I don't know what I do. <laughs> He's like, they, they keep giving me a check. I keep asking, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Nobody has an answer. That is funny. I'm just saying, He's like, I'm just taking the money. I'm the, I'm the Lanny Poffo of TNA. Like, <laughs> He's like, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> Like I said, I wasn't saying as a human being because I, I, I think Tommy's funny and everything and shoot interviews and all that stuff. And I've always heard he's a great guy. He does a he does a lot of wrestling shows for charity and stuff. You know, he's not selfish. Yeah, it just, sounds like he's got a good old family. Yeah, and but I just like for me in that ring and his his promos, like his promos to me, the ECW stuff. And I know that Philly crowd loved him and loved that stuff, but he just, I don't know, to me, it always, he always comes off as, it's melodramatic and fake. 
it is the best way I can put it. I don't know how to describe it. Like it's 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 too much. Like his promos are to me are like a Rob Zombie horror movie. Um, you're you're dramatic for the sake of drama, or what yeah. have you. I, and I, I mean, and again, it's not throwing ha- It's not throwing hate. It's just saying I think that um, I think I think Tommy was overrated, and. But in defense of his promos being over dramatic, like who nobody had worse shit happen to him in ECW than Tommy <laughs> Dreamer. Like he finally found the girl and they were happy and then it's like her neck got broken and <laughs> and like, you know, like his dad turned on him and Well not his dad, but you know, his father figure turned on him and then this fat, hairy hillbilly showed up and busted his <laughs> testicle, and then he finally rid the company of his mortal enemy, and then all of a sudden his mortal enemy shows back up a couple years later, and now they're the tag champs together. <laughs> and all this bad shit happened to him, because just one day in, like, 94, he burned a fat guy's eye with a cigarette... Tommy Dreamer had a rough life, man. <laughs> well, I still think he's overrated. <laughs> rough life or not. <laughs> so who's next on your list? Uh, hold on. My, my phone closed. Just want to make sure I don't bring up the same guy twice. The next guy on my list is Jim Duggan. I'm not saying he was the crowd-pleasing, gimmick-having motherfucker, but that dude in the ring, I think. And I didn't see a lot of his, like, you know... Oh, man, Mid-South Jim Watts. Oh, my God, it's so good. But when he got to the WWF... Nope. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See, I'm a hacksaw guy, so I... I, I'm not. I'm not gonna yell and scream about. It. Like I'm not that big of a hacksaw guy. But yeah, I don't. I don't look at hacksaw as overrated. I think. I think hacksaw was. I think hacksaw was perfect for every role he ever played. Um, the role he was ca- like mid south. The mid- okay, I'm basing. I'm basing the okay. overrated of hacksaw Jim Duggan. The WWF. Like, well, and you know how we were talking about like you know you might like this guy's promo, mm-hmm. or his flashy style. Or the way he comes out. All of that is perfectly fine. But I think bell to bell in the ring, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, overrated. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's that's when we, that's, I think that might be the first one we, well, we, as Trump would say, bigly disagreed on. <laughs> I, I think you actually no, I don't think so because you made a pretty good case for Dreamer, so I think you bigly disagreed with me on Dreamer. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I disagree on Duggan. I like Jim Duggan. He entertains me no matter what inca- in, incarnation of Jim Duggan it is, other than Canadian Jim Duggan. Um, yeah. but, well, this is where I get to do my step away for the moment. That's fine. Well, let's take a break. We'll take a break in the show. Um, 
And when we come back, we will have more of our 10 overrated superstars right here on the Weekend Wrestle Podcast. Podcast. Just want to remind you if you're listening on the Podbean, Podbean link that I uh, put up on our page, you can listen on Podbean if you like, or you can also listen on any any podcast app that is available. Uh, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Podcast Addict is actually my favorite. Um, or you can listen to the show on Spotify or iTunes as well. And we do appreciate feedback. Five-star ratings gets the show some attention. So, And again, I'll say it again, ad nauseum, join our Facebook group to participate in the show. So we're talking overrated professional wrestlers here. And uh, the next one on my list is one that I think I have alluded to in the past on the show. Not as much as Ron Garvin. But it's Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock just doesn't do anything for me. I, I, I don't, I don't want to say it. Like I'm, I'm indifferent. I don't want to say I'm indifferent. There's been times that I've enjoyed Ken Shamrock, and there's been times when I thought he was rather boring. So I'd be like in the middle of it, you know? Yeah, it, it just. He normally, I mean, honestly, I can't, I can't point to, I guess I say this because the guy was a huge star, no denying, huge star, and and there's good reason for that, he's a great athlete, uh, an MMA fighter, a serious badass, you know, there's no denying any of that, but as far as a pro wrestler goes, and, and his career in wrestling, he, like, there's there's literally nothing that he did in the WWF, where I was ever terribly intrigued. Uh, it's that, His feud with The Rock is actually my least favorite feud that The Rock ever had. Um, and I know at the time it was a big deal, and it was over, and I, I can't deny that. I just know for me personally, Ken Shamrock does diddly squat for me. I just, not, there's, what? yeah. I check out on Ken Shamrock, like, after he becomes part of the, uh, Corporate ministry oh, thing. Yeah, the corporate ministry thing. I check out on him there, but everything before that, I, I'm, I gotta say, I enjoy Ken Shamrock. We don't have to elaborate much on that. We'll move on to your next one. Like when he's like, "Get out of my way!" and like starts beating the shit out of the referees. <laughs> it's fun. And again, I can see why it got a pop. I'm, I'm not denying it. I just like for me, just I don't nothing. Nothing for me with the guy. I don't know. All right. Next guy on my list would be, let's go with uh, Al Snow. Really? Yes. I like Al Snow. I like Al Snow, too. But I think Al Snow's overrated. I think Al Snow's a really good wrestler. I think he's funny. 
I don't know. I, I'm I'm general. The only time I didn't honestly, the only time in his career that I didn't like Al Snow was in late 2000, early 2001 when he was doing that heel gimmick, like when he was, you know, when he was uh, stirring shit up with Foley and, and Rock and and doing that whole deal. Like that doesn't do anything for me. But yeah, I'm I'm, a, I'm an Al Snow fan. I don't I don't in any way look at him as overrated. Well, I do. <laughs> Why is that? I just think that, I mean, he didn't really, like, inside the ring, like, because I based a lot of mine not off their personality. I based a lot of mine off of inside the ring. Mm -hmm. To me, he doesn't, he never did anything that really set me on fire, you know? Yeah, well, like Shamrock for me. Yeah, I mean, I know know what you're saying, but, yeah, I, I I like, I like Al Snow. And like you said, I like Al Snow too. I think Al Snow's funny. I think Al Snow, the head thing was awesome and all that, but bell to bell, I mean, I, I everybody's like, oh, he was one of the greatest workers of his generation. No, he was he was good. <laughs> but he wasn't any better than like a Chris Candido or. Um, anybody like that? I I think where I would the, where I would lump Snow in for me, he he's a guy for me that's like um. I, I know I bring the name up a lot, but like Val Venus or Canyon or Tito Santana, he's the guy that is is a, is a go to guy in the middle of the card that's going to give you a good match, entertain the crowd. Um, I think for what he, I think for what he was intended to be, he delivered. So I just, I like watching through, it's like when he's not, when he doesn't have the head thing going on or whatever, it's just, I don't really have a lot of interest. So my next one I picked is actually a female. And I think that this person might be, and, and again, I didn't rank these people in rank, but in hindsight, I'm going to say I think that this person might be the most overrated performer in wrestling history. Legit. And that is Sable. Sable wasn't a good wrestler. Sable was a shitty promo. Sable was... And and again, this I guess this goes to personal preference, but I don't even think she's that hot. She looks fake and disgusting to me. Um, I think Sable is highly overrated, and I probably should have saved her to last because I would say now, hindsight, looking at my list, she's probably to me the most overrated because of her popularity. She's the most overrated person personality in the history of wrestling. Super overrated. She was not good at all. <laughs> I mean, I got a giggle out of you, but <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny that she wasn't good in the ring, and she wasn't. Yeah, I mean, she's gross too. Like, I don't know. To me, she's just gross looking. I, I hate to say that. I, when she first came in, her face had a, had an air of beauty to it, but her body always looked fake and leathery to me. And then as time went on, her face got fake and leathery. 
and she her promo like when she cut promos back, especially when you're cutting a promo back and forth with Jackie Moore, who's who's female wrestler wise is a fucking amazing promo. And she's like, "Look here, bitch!" Like it just comes off fake. And she's wagging yeah. her head, and she's wagging her ass, and I mean, her humongous tits are the only reason she was ever promoted or popular. She never had a good match. She never did anything worthwhile in professional wrestling. I, I mean, other than yeah, okay, other than selling T-shirts and putting money in the bank. And I mean, we've argued before that that's what makes you great. But you know what I'm saying? Like she just to me, there's Sable's super fucking overrated. I don't, I don't. Looking back in hindsight, I don't get it. Okay, I mean, I'm not denying that I don't that. Sable didn't really do it for me either. She was kind of lame. Alright, cool. I'm glad we're in agreement because I got a little pas- passionate about that. But One of my... She did do... Her promo on, that she cut on England was good. I don't even remember what that was. She She's supposed to wrestle at one of the United Kingdom shows, like one of the UK-only pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. And she comes out and she's like, you know, I have a chest cold. And obviously, like, Jerry Lawler's like, if Sable's got a chest cold, you know it's a hell of a chest cold. You know, that type of joke. <laughs> yeah. She got big titties, you know. But she's like, she's like, I haven't felt well ever since I've come to your dark, your dark, damp, dank country. Everything about you people is damp and dank. And she's <laughs> Like, it's not her promo. Somebody wrote it for her, you know? Right, right. She just runs down the entire... Like, she's not talking about the town. She, talk, she like, runs down the entire country. <laughs> and it, it just cracks me up. But, I mean, she really... She was somebody that got by on her looks. She's a Billy Gunn of female wrestling. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> But yeah, so Sable, uh, she's the fifth, or you know, fifth one down or sixth one down that I put on my list. But I guess hindsight, after making my list, if I had to pick a most overrated in wrestling history, it's probably Sable for me. Okay. So now we will move along to your next one. Goldberg. Nope, oh, he's on my list. Got to take him off here. Goldberg, most definitely overrated i'm gonna say this right now honest to god for the career that that guy had in the 90s for everything he ever did in his whole career his comeback run with lesnar is the best thing he ever did yeah so that being said and i'm not gonna steal your thunder present your case for goldberg's overratedness and i'm sure it's the same for me too this Watch him. <laughs> I mean, uh, he, he's boring. I think Goldberg is boring. The great white hype. <laughs> and the minute you put a mic in front of him, it was even worse. And he was just... As far as, as, far as being a top draw and making money, do you know what the worst... Uh, we keep going back to this in the past couple of weeks. But you know what the worst thing that ever happened to him was? Russo. Yeah. 
Because Russo, first of all, turned him heel, which was, for that character, just the worst fucking possible thing you could do. Because a babyface, and and if this makes, I hope this makes sense when I say it, a babyface, a good, strong babyface, booked properly, doesn't have to cut a good promo, if that makes sense. Yeah. A heel has to be able to cut a good promo. A heel has to absolutely be able to cut a good promo and be believable. And it just, that's what ruined him. Um, and again, he's overrated. So in the long run and in the long and short run of things, Goldberg was literally surrounded by people that made him. And. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like I said, my 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 most intriguing thing of Goldberg is that, you know, when he came back and, and had that run with Lesnar just because of the that's that's one of the best that's one of the best booked things WWE's done in 10 years. Yeah. And because it, it, it was like Vince knew exactly how to book this guy. We don't need this guy to go out and have a 20-minute match. That ain't going to fucking work. <laughs> and the only way this guy's going to cut a good promo is if we're going to put his son out there and just let him talk. Yeah. Because, just... because if you manufacture something for him, he's probably going to bone it up because he can't... He just He's not a good actor. You know, that's why that that's why I think that run met, was so good because the matches were kept short and the promos were centered around his family, which is something that some, anybody is going to be passionate about, so they're going to do a good promo. But, yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely agree with Goldberg. He was actually the, 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 if I was, when I was writing them down, he was actually the second guy's name I wrote down, so. And like I said, I think he's just boring. I don't want nothing to do with him. <laughs> Best things about Goldberg? Tanay and Heenan talking about him. Yeah. So kind of in the same vein, kind of the, to me the same wrestler, maybe a little better bell-to-bell wrestler, but the way they're presented. The next one on my list of overrated wrestlers is Bobby Lashley. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, Bobby Lashley almost made my list. Bobby Lashley has gotten much more in his career than he ever deserved. You know, to be in that to be in that battle of the billionaires at WrestleMania 23, um, the push that he was getting at that time was completely undeserved. Um, Crystal Marshall, <laughs> Crystal Marshall, <laughs> um, and again, again, I cannot deny, and this is just like I said with Goldberg. Everybody, you know, all these guys have had a good run somewhere or another where I I didn't hate them. Bobby Lashley had a, actually had a really good run in TNA as a heel. You know, he didn't do a terrible job there. The, he was actually something about that show that I was intrigued to watch. He didn't do a bad job as a cocky heel. He's doing a bad job as a cocky heel in the WWE now. But And I don't know if that's the, the manufactured part of it or what. But overall, I just think that, that, that he, the reason he's overrated to me is because he's one of those guys that... There's nothing about him that warranted the push that he got. All right. I mean, I agree. I don't. I 
not a big fan of the guy. We are in agreement on Senor Lashley. He's got a weird baby head. <laughs> and that too. <laughs> like he looks like a guy that never has to shave. Like, <laughs> like I don't believe that you just shave your head bald or whatever. I just I think you got that disease where you don't get no hair. And you got a little baby head. <laughs> you got a baby head. And then the he's he's another one of those guys that like the voice that comes out of his mouth doesn't match his look. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So here's big bad Bobby Lashley. Look here, Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, that guy should be with, like, Paul Heyman or somebody. They should have never taken that little Make-A-Wish kid away from him. <laughs> oh. Leo Rush, that's who you're talking about. Okay. Um, my turn? Yes. <clears throat> I'm saving my last guy because he has, like, the number one on my list. So, I got two more and then my main guy. So, the next guy on my list, you ready? I am. Is Kerry Von Eric? Even before he lost his foot. Dang! I think Kerry Von Erich is overrated. I am a mark for Kerry Von Erich. So I guess I'm not, like, hardcore on board with that. But I can see what you're saying. Like, he does, like... Alright, again, and I'm saying this, folks, as a mark of Kerry Von Erich. I'm a Kerry Von Erich fan, okay? Oops. Al Jolson just started talking. Anyway... Kerry Von Erich, I'm a Kerry Von Erich fan, but I can see what Aaron's saying because I will say this, Kerry, for for everything I like about Kerry, one of the things about Kerry to me sometimes, he, he, he comes off as really stupid a lot of the time. Like, Yeah. Like he, just, he comes off as adult. <laughs> I don't think he comes off that way. He was that way. Super charismatic, though. Um, decent in the ring. I I would say Kerry Von Erich was a main event wrestler. I just didn't see it. I think his uh, I think Kevin was a better worker than he was. Um, David was better, and to me, I I just think Kerry Von Erich was just the biggest of them Mm -hmm. and that's what his dad saw and that's why it was carry 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 and i just and i'm not saying he's terrible you know what i mean yeah i just think he was just an overrated person and i don't think he would have i don't think he would have had near the career that he had if his brother hadn't died and I think he would have been in the role that Kevin was in if his brother hadn't died. So I think Kerry Von Eric. I don't want to say lucked into it because you don't want, you know, your brother to die or whatever, but I think he just kind of fell into, okay, this one's gone, so let's put this one in here type of thing. You know what I mean? See, and and my thing about Kerry, I don't find Kerry overrated, so I think I've established that. We're not going to argue that. 
But my thing about Carrie is I, I, I almost am the opposite in that I think that if Carrie would not have been fucking stupid, if Carrie would not have had the demons that he had, I think that he had the potential to be... Um, okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going out on a limb, and people can shit on it if they want to, but I think if Carrie Von Erich would have been would have been straight, okay? I think I don't think that I don't think Bret Hart would have ever got the opportunity he did when Hogan left. When Vince was trying to move on from Hogan, I think Kerry Von Erich could have been that guy. But <clears throat> the fact that he was he was too fucked up to I mean, watch his match with Dino Bravo at WrestleMania 7 and that tells you everything you need to know. The guy was so fucked up, like, if you watch him during that match... Yeah, Dino's having a match by himself. Yeah, it's 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 actually very sad. Um, you know, thinking of Carrie as a human being with a family and everything, but... Um, but I see what you're saying, too. But I, I just... I have a different... I have a different a different view of Carrie, I guess. I, I see brilliance in Carrie, but I also see tragedy there. And... That that's why I don't I don't necessarily think he was overrated. I think that he I think that he destroyed himself is what he did. And it might also have to do with the fact that um the world class championship wrestling as a whole I think is if you were gonna like put a promotion on overrated, it would be world class championship wrestling. It was overrated. Another, yeah, I mean, we did, that could be a whole show. <laughs> Maybe I'll write that down. We'll talk about world-class championship wrestling on a show, because we disagree on that one, too. I'm a, I'm a Texas wrestling fan. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a WCCW ch- uh, fan, so we should make that a show. Let's do that. I wrote that down. We can make it its own show if you want. I'll watch every single goddamn episode and tell you why it's whatever. But anyway. So next on my list, now that we've talked about the Texas Tornado, and this one is one we may not have to elaborate again, like I said earlier about um, about Garvin. I didn't put him on the list because we didn't need to elaborate much on it because I elaborated on the time. We can we can discuss this or we can move along. It's funny because you've been like, I'm not going to talk about how much I dislike Ronnie Garvin. And I keep bringing it up. Just Every to time I don't highlight. pick him on my list, I'm going to tell you why I didn't pick Ronnie Garvin <laughs> on my list. That's 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 my gimmick here. Um, Kenny Omega, super oh, overrated. I don't have a lot to say about Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega does stupid things that I hate I hate his style I hate his style and you know what's fun the worst thing about him and and one of the things that grinds my gears about the guy the most is I see potential when I watch Kenny Omega like I see parts of his matches or whatever I'm like man this guy could could be really good but then he spends the other 96% of the time doing stupid shit that is stupid. <laughs> and it's, I don't know, I just, I think he is overrated as fuck. 
And I don't see how he's ever got the attention that he's gotten. I don't see it. I just don't see it. Um, so, I mean, I want to elaborate on it more. I know you said you don't have a lot to say on Kenny Omega. The only thing I'll say about Kenny Omega is, you know what I think he honestly is? I think he's a wrestler that's wrestling to his audience. And that if he would go to the WWF to, or WWE tomorrow, you'd see a completely different Kenny Omega. But the guy's just working a style that the audience is paying to see him and if, want to see him work. If that day comes, and again, like I said. And then at the end of the day, you can't fault a guy for working the style that the audience wants to see him work. Then maybe I'd... May- Maybe to me he's overrated because I disagree with his audience. But okay, but and like then, it's no different than when um, in the eighties when someone like Jim Duggan would leave Watts' promotion and go to the WWF, and then or Coco Beware. People are like when Coco Beware was in Memphis, he was phenomenal, and then he went to WWF and he just slowed down and. Had plotting, well, that's not what the, that's what the WWF audience wanted to see, obviously, because they gobbled up everybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's necessarily the case with Kenny Omega, but I think that's what Kenny Omega is doing is he's working a style of the uh, to the audience to the audience that they want to see. And if he would go to WWE tomorrow, he would work the style that the WWE would want him to work. And I will say this on the record. We're recording this. If the day comes that Kenny Omega goes to the WWE and his style changes and it adapts and he shows brilliance, the little the little things that I see once in a while out of the guy that don't suck. <coughs> and he, he brings that to the light. And he changes my mind. I will admit it on this show. But if you say he's playing to the audience, that's fine. But to me, that audience has overrated this guy because he's not as good as they think he is. Okay. Like I said, I'm not saying I like it. I'm just saying he's working this crowd. You know what I mean? And in a year... If AEW is successful and he's the top guy and shit's good, I'll say, well, damn, I was wrong. But in a year, if TNT cancels the show and WWE buys the library and shows us the rise and fall of AEW, which I think is probable, then I'll say I was right. But I'm kind of in the same spot there with that company as I am with Omega in that I want to see... I want to see more than the stupid that I see. And that may be, you know, I may be old. Oh, I'm only 41, but I may be 41-year-old guy yelling at the cloud right now. But, um, yeah. Anyway, so the next guy on my list is Goldberg, so that's off. So you said you have, what, two more? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it, like, like, okay, Jeff Foxworthy, I'm sure, has like 18 good dick jokes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Like, he's just writing dick jokes at home on dick. And, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's a great dick joke. Like, like Jeff Foxworthy wants to go up on stage and be like, I'd like to tell y'all a joke about my dick, but it's too long. <laughs> like, he wants to do that. 
know. He wants to ask the lady in the front row, spell me. And then when she's like, and me, he wants to be like, you forgot the D. So she can go, there's no D in me. And he's like, you want to change that? So here's yeah. where here's where I say he that's different. Those, but but people want them redneck jokes. That's here, what he's here, gonna hit them with. Here, here's why I, where I disagree and where I say that's different. Okay, because Kenny Omega didn't start out doing this that I think is overrated. Now Kenny Omega started out doing worse things like wrestling a nine year old girl. So. I mean, we can say play to the audience, but in the beginning, he was doing stupid shit. So well, that's stuff that in Japan people wanted to see him do. I'm just saying, if somebody they gave they me, didn't, they didn't know they wanted to see him wrestle a nine-year-old girl until he did it. And six people, it does not a an audience make. Like if he, the six people in that audience want to see it, give the audience what they want. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that's what it is. It's a, it's. A, I, I think it's. I think it's a very thin ice argument for the guy. I just. I think that that the best wrestlers in the world appeal to everybody. Chris Jericho, Cody, Bray Wyatt, Br- Daniel Bryan. You you don't. The best wrestlers in the world don't don't paint themselves into a fucking corner and stick in a shtick. Okay? You know what I mean? Uh, does what I'm saying make sense? Yeah. Like, maybe, maybe but this I, is... I, what this I'm saying also kind of makes sense, too, that you're <clears throat> in a business that's called the wrestling business. So, if the WWF or the WWE at the time is hiring me, okay... They don't want anything to do with me, and I need to make money, and somebody's going to pay me to wrestle a blow-up doll, and I have to put food in my face. I'm going to wrestle a blow-up doll. So are we le- are we legitimizing the dick flip here? Well, people don't pay money to see that. <laughs> but they do, though. That's not an impact. <laughs> and that's in bingo halls. And that's in... That's what I'm saying about they, the nine-year-old girl thing. It's stupid. Like, you start, he started from stupid. Kenny Omega, like, set his foundation from fucking stupid. Okay, I mean, and also... Like... Joey Ryan was so bad that AEW was like, you need to go home. <laughs> like, your penis druids are done. You need to go home. And he wrestled a nine-year-old girl in Japan, and it's different over there, and whatever. I don't, I don't care. And every single professional wrestler has done something stupid. Every single one of them has done something stupid in their career because they needed to make some money. The only problem is now everything's taped. Everything's videoed or whatever you want to say. 
so now the world can see it. But every single professional wrestler has done something fucking stupid to make money. Every single one of them. Every single one. It's just the facts. Jerry Lawler wrestled like Frankenstein. It's stupid. Hey, he wrestled Dr. Frank. (laughs) See, he didn't even wrestle the real Frankenstein. (laughs) Who's next on your fucking list? (laughs) CM Punk. Oh, we totally disagree on that one. I know. And I've said it before that I think the guy's overrated. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not going to yell at the cloud here. So you tell the listeners who have not, uh, maybe new listeners who haven't heard conversations we've had about senior punk, why you think CM Punk is overrated. I just don't think that he's the end all be all Jesus that everybody thinks he is. He's there's people that are better than him that don't get as much credit as he does, and it's just he came around at the right time, and I just don't think that. Like I said, I'm not saying he's bad, but I'm not saying he's like you know the greatest thing in the world, right? There were people that were came that were around at the same time he was that were much better than him. If if Nigel McGinnis wouldn't have gotten sick, and if he he'd he'd be he was better than CM Punk. Okay, if if Claudio if Claudio wouldn't have had the green card issues and shit that he had right when he was about to come into the WWE. I think Cesaro would be a bigger star than he is. There's just... I think CM Punk had a unique gimmick. He has a unique look. He has a unique promo. Okay? That's all good stuff. But when it's bell to bell, he's not Daniel Bryan. You know what I mean? And... He didn't really, in my opinion, <clears throat> when he was in the WWF, he didn't he didn't really move the needle. He just kept it steady. They didn't lose any viewers when he left. They didn't gain any viewers when he was there. He's just to me the guy was just overrated. And you and I have had this conversation a million times. We won't bore the listeners with it because we we. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know, folks. Aaron and I are brothers. We have been wrestling fans together for our entire lives, and a lot of things we agree on. But I will say, Aaron, and you could tell me you could tell me if I'm wrong, but I think one of the biggest things, like in our fandom as brothers in wrestling, that we have disagreed on is this guy. Is what is this guy? This CM Punk guy. Yeah. Like, this is this is a major disagreement we have. I think that I think he is he is easily top fifteen bell to bell wrestlers of all time. I think that he has there there is so much unique about him 
that that he just I mean he caught my attention you know he caught my imagination so and I, and I'm not gonna shit on Aaron's opinion that's his opinion and we again we've had this conversation a million times um, and I knew he was gonna be on your list <laughs> so I was prepared for it but I just think that um, I think that I look Aaron looks at Punk as an overrated guy that came along at the right time et cetera et cetera I look at Punk as and this is how different we are on him. This is how worlds apart we are on him. I look at Punk as the once-in-a-generation kind of guy. So that shows you, you know, that's the beauty of wrestling. That's the beauty of art. Um, is that two people that are close and love each other can be like, No, fuck you! <laughs> I just, and I'm like you said, I'm not saying he's not good. No, I know. I know. He can change the the face of 24 hour fitness <laughs> work it out <laughs> yeah so the last guy on my list it's not me but he would say it's me it's me it's ddp Diamond yeah. Dallas Page is overrated as fuck you want to you want to know something funny too. Guy on my list. Alright, we are positively page. <laughs> or negatively page here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Page Page benefited by having a really influential neighbor. Okay. Diamond Dallas Page is not a bad guy. Seems like a good, decent guy. Alright. Diamond Dallas Page, I don't begrudge him his success whatsoever. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Two things. First, Diamond Dallas Page is not an intriguing promo. Maybe it's because I'm not from New Jersey. And Diamond Dallas Page is not a really good wrestler. He was literally a guy that was in the right place at the right time and tripped over the right boss into success. Yes, and he God, was... God bless him. <laughs> his promos sucked. His look was always terrible. Um, he, you know what? We go back to somebody on my list that's smarter than DDP as far as a look goes. DDP should have taken a look a look advice from Tommy Dreamer and put a fucking shirt on. Yeah. He always looks like he smells like, like <laughs> stale cigarettes and cat piss. I just don't like the guy, and I never did. And and much like, like much like me, he married out of his league. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he was like he married like the complete opposite of what you were saying about like you know Sable. Mm-hmm. That even though you know Kim Page later on had some work done, she still had some amazing work done. Beautiful. But even when, even when she didn't have the work done, like you know, oh, she's beautiful. She was still, and she's still hot, and her last name's Bacon. <laughs> Come on. Kim Bacon? <laughs> yeah, that's her real name. Kimberly Bacon. <laughs> like, DDP is either hung like a Clydesdale or one of the greatest salesmen of all time. <laughs> and, um, he's just. There is people a- are always like, oh, when DDP scaled back on the gimmicks and 
didn't have the cigar and the gum and the... It's like, no, he always no. fucking sucked. He always sucked, but he was actually better when he was the fat guy with the cigar. You know what I mean? Like, at least then him looking trashy made sense. You know the only time I enjoyed him? When he feuded with Randy Savage? No. Oh, see, that's my only time I enjoyed him, was when he feuded with Randy Savage. The best DDP, honestly, was when he was a manager. When he was just a loudmouth, braggadocious manager. Mm-hmm. Like when he was like with the with Vinny Vegas or the Diamond Stud yeah. or the Freebirds. <clears throat> I didn't mind him then. Because he could be like a big loudmouth or whatever. But when it came to anything with him in the ring or cutting a promo as a wrestler, like talking himself up, it was fucking trash. And do you want to know the first time? The first time. And there wasn't even people watching it with me. It might be the only, I shouldn't say the only time. The first time I was embarrassed to be a professional wrestling fan, a little embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. When was that? When he started his feud with Dave Sullivan. Like, I was like, I don't think I want people to see me watching this. (laughs) Now we all know Dave Sullivan, one of the greats of all time. I mean, oh, how, yeah. how could DDP drag him down? But he did it. <laughs> like, there's a part where they're in the parking lot, and there's, like, actual, like, punching noises. Like, it's like a movie. Like, it's like, poof, 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 poof. It's like, ah. And I know that wasn't all his right. fault, but in my mind, I was like, this is DDP. This right. guy fucking sucks. He's right. even got sound effects when he punches people. Or that shit. It's garbage. Right. Or that shit he did with Marrow when he's like, I didn't say four tires. Well, that's an old school saying. They yeah, stole but, that. But yeah, but the way they did it. Yeah. And then Mark Marrow, he's fucking garbage too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe that has to do with the fact that part of my childhood, those guys feuded for, what was it, <laughs> ten and a half years? <laughs> I was going to say, like, 17 years or whatever. <laughs> they feuded for ten and a half years. From from 1993 to 1995, they feuded for ten and a half years. Isn't it ironic that Mark Marrow's two longest feuds were with DDP and Sable? <laughs> Jesus Christ, that fucking... He should have been on the goddamn list. <laughs> no. Because I think everybody hates him, so I don't even know that he's overrated. I don't know anybody, I don't think any, I've never talked to any wrestling fan or anyone that has ever said, I really like Mark Marrow. (laughs) Like, they say he does his, like, motivational things and stuff. I have a a feeling, like, after I would, like... As far as that, yeah, no, I was going to say, as far as that goes, like, he's a great motivational speaker. Like, I haven't watched it. I always had a feeling that it's like, I want to be like, you know, Mark, before I came here, I had no thoughts of killing myself. <laughs> but after listening to you speak for two hours about not wanting to kill yourself, I want to kill myself. No, ironically, 
And this is a thing. Like I said, like when we were talking about some of the other guys on this list, like I'm sure this guy's a great human being, or I'm sure this guy's a good person, or I'm sure this guy's good at whatever. It, it's funny. Mark Merrow's actually pretty decent at what he does now. <laughs> he just wasn't good in wrestling. So, so yeah, I guess uh, DDP getting some universal hate here at the end of the show. Not a DDP fan. Nope. Not a fan. Again, I like his feud with Savage. I think that Savage Savage got the best out of out of Page that anybody ever got. But that's I'm not saying I, that that wasn't a good feud. No, it was. It was again. Like that's the only time I watch Page where I'm actually entertained. So, but that's that's more speaking toward uh, the Macho Man than than um, than Page. Yeah, it was butthole, man. We are, we are just, uh, what is it Thank now? You. How many years is it now since we lost the match? It's like the anniversary was a couple of days ago. Oh. Um, but anyway, I think it was what, seven years ago or something like that. But anyways, that being said, we're going to wrap up this edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast now. Want to let you know that uh, Aaron and I were talking earlier, and uh, next week's show, we are going to dive into the WWE hidden gems on the network. We have not taken advantage of um, the WWE's extensive vault of, of of wrestling shit that some of it's never even been seen, some of it we haven't watched in years, some of it we haven't watched since it aired. So we're going to start digging in sometimes to this WWE Hidden Gems, dig into the vault on the WWE Network, and watch some of these shows and then do the review for you. And the next one we're going to do for next week, the first one I guess we're going to do for next week, is uh, we'll call it the We Can't Wrestle Vault. Uh, we're, going to get a, we're going to steal from the, the Hidden Gems there. And we're going to talk about the Survivor Series Showdown. From 1993, it's November 21st, 93. It aired on the USA Network. I believe the main event is Yokozuna versus Bret the Hitman Hart for the WWF Championship. And I, honestly, and I'm sure Aaron can say he's the same because we have it on fucking tape. I haven't seen this since probably it aired when I was when I was 14, 15 years old. So it's going to be fun, I think. Should be. Or it could be terrible. Either way, it'll, you know, either way, it'll, either way, whether it's good or bad, it'll be great. <laughs> yep. Good stuff makes a good show, and bad stuff makes a better show. Because we try to hit the comedy here. Aaron, is there anything you want to say to our listeners before I hit the uh, the tootsie here? Nope. All right. Wait a minute, I tell you. I want to thank everybody for joining us on another edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. This is episode 80. We are only 20 episodes away from episode 100 of this show that I am so proud of. I love my show. Tootsie, goodbye. Don't you cry either. We will see you next week. The WWF Survivor Series Showdown from 1993, right here on the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. Thank you for joining us, everybody. If you don't get a letter, you know I'm in jail. Don't cry, don't cry.